There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 13 of season 3 of The Magicians. Oh my god, the finale. Yeah. It was rough. Yes, it was. There was so much happening. By the end, I was so angry. Yeah. And by the looks of Twitter, so were all of the other fans. Yeah. But they had to have somewhere to go, so it wasn't all that surprising that it ended the way it did. Really? You think so? Yeah. Because I figured that they weren't going to be able to completely finish the quest, and stuff was going to happen. But not, and I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Right. One particular betrayal. Right. So before we get into that, obviously, if you've listened to this before, you know we have ratings news. Steve has ratings news again, and before I start spoiling everything all over, because <laughs> hopefully you've actually watched before you listen to us. Yes, hope so. Even though we try to stay vague and in order, so if you didn't watch the whole thing, you can stop. Right. Ratings, uh-huh. ratings, ratings. All right. Episode 13 brought in a 0.24 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.659 million viewers. And I think every single one of them were on, was on Twitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which brought it in as the 22nd rated cable show for the day. Now, we finally did get some live plus seven days for episode 10. It tied for 13th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gained going from a 0.3 to a 0.6 for an increase of 100%. It was 25th in viewers' total gained, going from 0.767 to 1.494 million viewers. That's nice. Yeah, (laughs) for an increase of 0.727 million viewers, which caused it to tie for 20th in viewers' percentage gain with an increase of 95%. It almost doubled. Yes. Yeah. People are finally catching up. Yes. I think a lot of people are still like, oh, my gosh, it came back. And so they're behind. Yep. Oh, boy. If you people are behind, you're going to be so devastated when you get to the end like we were. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness. All right. So let's jump into episode 13, the finale of the season. And we have to wait so long. Ah. Yes. Will you play with me? The group finds what they're looking for and attempt once and for all to get magic back. Yeah, okay, that didn't sound creepy at all. Because what have I said in every show that we've done? Kids always are creepy in these shows. Yes, yes. And even though that wasn't a child, that sure sounded like the title would be a little kid getting super creepy, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It it was... (laughs) Kind of brought back memories of the season one finale with the Ember and Ember. Yes. Ugh. All right. So a lot of interesting things happened. So go ahead and take us in. 
All right. Well, we're going to start with Team Goddess. I love that we now have a Team Goddess. Yes. During Q's reading of the final chapter, Julia experiences a sensory overload as she all of a sudden hears a chorus of prayers rise up around. So she turns around and, oh, there's a new face there. It's Iris, a messenger god, who informs Julia that she's officially ascended to full-fledged god status. Which was interesting because I didn't think that was going to happen, at least right. not this season. Yeah, and our Lady Underground has dubbed our jewels our Lady of the Trees. Oh, that was nice, because it was kind of getting there anyway. Right. Now, of course... This is a little bit of a uh, nod to the books. You'll have to read that to find out what that nod is. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get them read, I swear. Yes. Now, Iris informs Julia that there's much work to be done in the Divinity field, so it's time to say goodbye to her friend. Yeah, this was kind of weird because yeah. I was expecting her to stick it out because obviously everything that's going on, she knew that they would need her. Exactly. And, and you get the feeling that she's she's going along with Iris because of her curiosity, of course. But she's still got a foot back in break bills. Yeah, because Iris was very dismissive of everything that was happening. Yes, And very. just kept saying, oh, you can let go of all of your friends. You can let go of the pain. Which the pain, I can understand. You know, she's like built this seed to something way more than what it started at. Right. And you used your pain to get through it and you realized what you needed. You can let it go. Now that part, I was like, oh, that's, that's really nice. That's great. Yes. It'd be great if she could actually just completely forget that ever happened to her. Right. Which, like I said, it was going to be, you know, a little bit like, all right, maybe because she's reached this level, it'll like open her up and let her, release it and kind of like a deep breath after you know being sick for so long you, you can find right. like oh this is great but at the same time like she says it almost in the same breath as and you can forget about all these little people it's like wait what yeah <laughs> these little people are the ones that also helped her get to this point exactly so i was on the fence with Iris, like, is she good? Is she bad? Was it a way for them to deter the whole quest? Right. Yeah. Are the gods involved in this, too? <laughs> well, apparently they are, which I, I did tweet. I don't know how many people answered me on this. I'm like, Jesus, how many <laughs> how many gods are involved in this quest? Because it right. seems like they were popping up all over the place. Yes, like, they really the did. Whole season, we had so <laughs> many. It's like, all right, this is kind of weird. And we we've heard oh, they're, yeah, magic will come back, don't worry. And then we find out, oh, but magic is great. And this was uh, done by this god and this god and this god. It's like, uh, I need a chart. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. We now need a flow chart. I really do. With can, the gods. Can we have just so Josh we know what doing. do one for us? Yeah. <laughs> can he do a recap of what gods have been involved? Because there's a heck of a lot of them. Yeah, we need a god board now. Yeah. Jesus was not involved. That's another yes. show of mine. Sorry. But seriously. So when you first seen Iris, though, what did you think? What did you think she was, like, good or bad? Or did that not even, like, cross your mind? 
Yeah, it, it really didn't cross my mind. I did think it – at first I thought it was unusual that she would say, forget your friends. But at the same time, if you've actually reached God's status, I can see that being said. Okay. You're God now. You need to be buddies with us and not the mortal. I felt the timing was a little weird, though, too. That's right. what, yes. that's what was raising my, you know, like, hmm, my spidey sense is tingling. What's going on here? Right. But we get a great scene with Julia and Q when she tells him everything that just happened to her and that she's now Our Lady of the Trees. I love that they laughed. And you can see it was, like, probably back more like, before break bills and everything started. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was it's been the first time that we've seen them both laugh together since episode 1. <laughs> right. And they just had that moment where they can just be friends and just be normal together for a minute, even though this was a very abnormal moment. Right. And of course, they share an embrace and exchange I love yous, and then Julia leaves Q with a little gift before she disappears. Still think some goddess power might have been really good for the whole trip. Oh, yeah. So Iris takes Julia to her lab where the, she crafts other worlds, answer prayers, and twirls her umbrella around in a godlike fashion. Yeah, what was up with that? Was it just, was, I wonder if it was actually like misting and raining kind of, like whenever they were going to do it. They're like, oh, let's throw in the umbrella thing to kind of make it work. Right, it could be <laughs> something random. But of course, <laughs> the sun, the, whatever sun there was, seemed to be rather bright. So I was thinking it was more to keep from getting scorched. Ah, <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing with her just seemed weird, which is why I was wondering if anything like that is in the books. But because I know it's a little different, I'm thinking that maybe this doesn't exactly happen. Right. But if you guys know, send us an email because I, I'd just like to know personally since I haven't read the books and you know it's going to take me a while. Yeah. I should just get an audio book listening to and from work would help. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, but was it a little heartbreaking for you when, you know, Julia kind of stopped and she had the weird little like sparkly makeup too happening, but she kept stopping and you see her kind of like look off kind of sideways. Yeah. And then she's like, my friends are in trouble. And every time, Iris is like, oh, just ignore it. Right. Mm, listen. Yeah. Listen, Linda. We're going to fight because yeah. <laughs> you know that's not Julia. And Our Lady Underground has to know that's not Julia. Right. And it was just stressing me out. <laughs> yes, it really was. Because you didn't know what you figured eventually Julia will say would say enough of this and I'm going to go help my friends. Right. So you, you at this point in time you just got to keep your fingers crossed that when things get real bad Julia will pop up and save the day. Well I'm hoping because Iris just kept saying oh don't worry everything will fade once you're here long enough and then I was kind of wondering if it's you know like time might be moving different wherever Julia is too. Oh, absolutely. So I was a little afraid of what might happen with that as well. Right, yeah. When she decides she wants to go check on them, it's been centuries since right. the past. I was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Yeah. So let's jump over to Team Fillory, shall we? And Fen, being a badass, 
Yes. <laughs> Acting high king while Margot's away. I love it that Margot put her in charge. And Absolutely. Yes. And she's still nice because Tick, and I'm still, you know what, Tick? I still got my eye on you. Yeah. Tick and the council approach Ben with, you know, various matters of state. And she's giving orders while constantly apologizing. She's like, please, thank you, sorry. Like, yeah. Oh. Obviously, <laughs> she's nervous because she she has had a huge arc coming from being promised basically as a child. Actually, right. was, was it even child or was it like even unborn? Being yeah, promised it was before she was born. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I had to think back. I'm like, wait, how many years was it? So being promised to somebody that, you know, she didn't know, coming from a sword maker's daughter, a blade maker's daughter, however you want to put it, all the way up to being married to the High King and now acting in the stead of the elected High King. Right. So that's something that she probably never would have thought of. No. <laughs> and so obviously, like, what she was taught way back, way different than where she is right now. Right. And interestingly enough, we have the Fairy Queen who, you know, pops up cause, as she does kind of creepily sometimes. Yes. And she's like, stop apologizing. You have the power. Stand your ground and be firm. And it was almost, like, lovingly she's telling her. Right. If, if, yes. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure if that's quite the word I want to use. But, yeah, I was just really, really surprised. Right. It was not a a dig towards Ben. Like, a lot of what she, the Fairy Queen had said to Margot was kind of a dig to, at her. Right. It was more supportive than anything else. Which is what I was just thinking was really weird. Right. So, But... I, We've seen a lot of changes here in the last few episodes in The Fairy Queen. That's She's true. finally starting to think that maybe humans aren't all that bad after all. Especially Fen being her enemy at some point and oh, captive yes. and then helping. So, yeah, I can see it. And actually, she asks her to help now. Right. You know, you're, you're the voice of the High King, and I have a request for the acting high king i need to discover who's slaughtering fairies because six have become have gone missing and obviously somebody's hunting them because it's not just the newbies basically right <laughs> because if it was the new tribe as you know she called them before i can see her thinking okay they just got lost right but, but it it wasn't and then is that, i i think she just pretty much said yeah no problem yeah Absolutely. Like she's on it. And she disguises herself as a fairy and starts wandering the woods. Yeah, interesting with that. <laughs> and then here comes, oh my God, I really wish the fairies had gotten her McAllister. Yes. And the librarian who can travel. Yes, Gavin. I oh. was like, what? How did you even get to Fillory? How did you know about Fillory? Right. And then it, it took me a minute because I forgot the library knows. Yeah. But I was ticked Irene was there. Yes, absolutely. Man, I so wanted them to catch her and <laughs> just be off screen or something. Right. But, okay, little side note, because this came out on Twitter, the outfit, like the weird um, kind of like see-through stuff that the fairies wear. Right. Somebody said, and I don't know, again, if this is true, but I thought they said they had read it, 
that that's actually like the fairy skin like shedding and it just becomes like bigger and bigger like clothes and it's like ew yeah <laughs> so i'm wearing somebody's skin okay I, i'm i may need to tap out on that yeah, just a little bit. So the duo were sequestered away to Castle Whitespire, where out of the blue, the fairy queen decides to strike a deal. I was so surprised. Yeah, she will offer herself to them in exchange they leave the remainder of the fairy folk alone. She tells them that she possesses the power of 50 fairies, so Irene will have all the juice she desires and more. And when she actually put the whole deal out there, right? I was looking to go and something's up <laughs> because the way it was worded. Right. And yeah, it will not, would not surprise me if Irene breaks that promise. The fairy queen might show up and slit her throat herself. Yeah. I'm trying to think exactly how it was worded, but it was something along the lines of no human can ever hunt a fairy again. Right. And because it was very specific, and I was just looking kind of side-eyed, like, hmm, this means something. Yes. And, of course, it gets a little worse because, you know, Irene, of course, is all for the deal. Oh, absolutely. And Ben is ticked she's and sad, and she's crying. And this is when the Fairy Queen looks at her, and she's like, tears for your enemy. Don't cry. And you see her, like, preparing in the next scene and she's like taking off jewelry and I'm like I was expecting somebody to be with her right like whoever she's like passing yeah her head or whoever's next in charge yeah but nobody but was no there. yeah it was like oh what's happening here yeah there was a lot of things that just ha was kind of a head scratcher and then of course you know Irene all giddy like oh I need this and this and a bone saw it's like oh god woman really and then next thing we see is the fairy queen strapped to a table it looked like a dining room table Right. And they bring Irene a knife, and it looks like a butter knife. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is this? Maybe Fen hit all the sharp knives at that point. She's like, no, nope, I don't right. think so. <laughs> but, of course, the fairy queen, being just awesome and snarky to the end. Yes. That one last jab at Irene. Yeah. Uh, I'll die a queen and not a desperate little girl like you. Yeah, and uh all right, so then you see, but she also says, I'm sorry, I almost missed this, you'll live to regret what you're doing. This deal, yes. right. That's, again, I'm like, oh, something's up. She knows something. Yeah. And so then, of course, Irene being super ticked off, you just see her, like, angrily, like, raise the knife up and it comes down. Right. And I'm just like, it's got, got to be something huge. Oh, yeah. So... Looking at how everything played out the rest of the show and thinking back to this, I'm really, really trying to figure out what's going to happen for next season, like how it's going to play out. Right. And I think I'm going to be scratching my head about this <laughs> until it comes back. Like, right. Yeah. All, There's so many. Like two big bads then that happen. Right. I don't know. Yeah. We're in a whole world of hurt after the end right. of this episode. Why don't you take us to Teen Quest, who had a whole heck of a lot going on? Oh, absolutely. We open with, of course, Quentin reading the final chapter of the Key Saga. We finally have the whole book. Yeah, we have the whole book. And, of course, Elliot has to speak up and say, um, 
I'm sober enough to know that that's a storytelling flaw. Oh, right. I was like, all right, Elliot, stop. You're like, he's boring. Go on. Keep going. Uh, I'm like, right. He's trying to get it through the story so they can get on with it. And, of course, Josh ponders if the whole story is simply metaphorical. Well, yeah. They're trying to get you where you need to go, not just tell you exactly what you need to do. Exactly. That would have made it too easy. Yes. And once we find out who actually wrote the story, we understand why. Exactly. And, of course, Alice is sulking in the corner, and Katie and Penny23 are all there. Later, we see Josh and Q engaged in some heavy-duty research when Josh has an epiphany. See? He's useful. Absolutely, he is. Because he recalls seeing an illustration in a book with a witch, a table, and various architectural tools. Perhaps the witch in the story is the architect Renard was referring to. Ding, ding, ding. So everybody gets together and starts to brainstorm. And sure enough, they discover an architectural god by the name of Calypso. And, oh, well, what else is Calypso? Because they're trying to figure all this out. And I love it because it ends up being a tech company. Right. That Josh is like, oh, yeah, I wasted all this money on that game trying to get past this level. And they all kind of look at him like, really? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah, sorry. Because then he says it like $600? Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, the gang heads to New York City to meet with Calypso. And this doesn't go real well either because she blames them for Prometheus's death, even though he perished long before our magicians ever came to be. I know. At first I was thinking, oh, my God, what, what happened? Was it because magic got turned off somehow he died? And then, of course, she explains it. Right. With a great flashback, by the way. Yes, it actually was. And basically, Prometheus created the keys himself, but it also drained all of his magical power and weakened him, and his enemies were able to kill him. Yeah, it wasn't just he created them. He, like, created them with himself and his power. Right, yes. So it's like, wow, okay, you're really... All into your work at this point. (laughs) I don't know. It makes me feel like if it was some kind of God-created thing, that it would be impossible for somebody to destroy it, right? Right. It didn't seem to turn out that way, though. No, it did not. We'll get to that. I'm just irritated. Yeah, Prometheus knew that one day humans would need to save magic, and so he created the quest so only the worthy could soldier on and restore magic. He loved humans deeply, and that was his downfall. Well, Prometheus is the one that gave fire to humans, right? Right. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I had the right thing. Yes. And Calypso reveals sketches of Fillory and Castle Whitespire. So, of course, where exactly is the castle at the end of the world? Well, duh. It's underneath Castle Whitespire. That just seems weird. It's like, oh, yeah, well, it's kind of, like, flipped around. It's like, what? And this is, it just got weirder for me. It's like, how the heck can you just kind of, oh, well, I'm just going to flip this over and get there. Mm-hmm. And a couple people, you know, at least a couple of the magicians say, Castle Blackspire. Right. Well, duh. We should have had a V8. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, she tells them that the daughter of the night still resides there, standing guard over the menacing creature within, one that was created by the gods that they even fear. No matter what happens, that cannot get out. Right. It's like, oh, that's not foreboding. No, not at all. So, of course, Q decides the best plan of attack is for him to use that tiny spark of magic that Julia gave him to pop into Castle Blackspire for a courtesy visit where he meets Aura, the knight's daughter who still resides there. Yeah, he kind of did a little Inception thing. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) And she's shocked that he possesses magic, but he informs her it's merely a one-off. And, of course, he asks her help with gaining access to the castle because they now have all the keys and they intend to restore magic and she agrees to help them as long as they don't disturb the creature within the walls so quentin pops back to break bills and informs the gang that he used his boost to correspond with aura and she's agreed to open the doors but for a price yeah And this was something else, because as I'm watching this, I'm like, could this really happen? Because Q volunteered to switch places with her so she can finally rest. Because when you're there, you don't age. Right. And so this woman has been watching over the monster for... For centuries. (laughs) And it was crazy, because we also find out that all the other monsters are gone. Right. Because the monster has killed them all. Right. You go, this is not good. No, because I'm like, what if whatever monster does it like you? You know, does that mean it's going to kill you? I would say that's a big yes. And that's probably what everybody else was thinking because they were like, uh, time out. No. Exactly. Everybody says, nope, 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 nope. And little surprised to hear that from all of them. I mean, I knew Elliot would stand up and say no, mm-hmm. and Margot. The others, not so much. Well, I, I was surprised, but not exactly surprised. Because even Penny23 is like, well, hey, I can just pop in and look. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think at this point everyone's like, no, we don't want to sacrifice anybody else. Right. Surprisingly, even, you know, Katie's like, this is a bunch of crap. We're not doing this. Right. And even Alice did say that she was against it. Right. Which I was surprised. And I, I don't know, she was still kind of acting shady. And I'm like, what is her deal with the library? Yeah. Worried. And then even with all this happening and they're like, let's use the bullet. No, let's do this. Where's Julia? We could use her goddess power. She was like, listen, I made a promise. No trick. We have to do this. This is the only way. We do it my way. And everyone's like, huh. They kind of agreed, but not really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you knew that everybody that said okay was just saying it to say it. Yeah. Yeah, That's not what they were thinking. Right, right. So Alice pays a visit to Fogg in his renovated office as he has his sight again. And she waves the bottle of fairy dust, admitting that her desire to use it again is overwhelming. Right. And, again, I'm like, I feel like something's going to happen big. Yeah. So she asks Fogg if he still possesses a memory erasure potion, 
that will wipe her memories clean and craft a new persona for her. Yeah. And I'm like, why does he have that at all? Well, part of it is for the students that don't get through break bills. They oh, tried to use that on Julia, remember? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Now, of course, Bog tells her he does, but he's not wanting to give it to Alice because she's the best magician he knows. You go, really? You just saw Julia turn into a god. Right. She <laughs> she fixed you when nobody had anything. Right. So, not a hundred percent sure that that line was actually uh, meant to put a thought into Alice's brain or what. Or maybe all of ours. But, yeah, of course. Alice doesn't want to hover all that power, and her time as a nipping has changed her, and now she thinks that. She doesn't think anyone should have access to an exorbitant amount of magic, so Fog finally hands over the potion. Yeah, and again, things are like, mm, what's going on? And it gets worse as we see Fog strolling inside the Breakbills library, and the head librarian is waiting there for him. It get worse, I got super ticked. Yeah, he wishes to discuss his end of the bargain. Which at that you know. point, I'm like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, this is not good. Mm -mm. I was mad. <laughs> yeah, we got more potential disaster on the horizon than we can shake a stick at. Right. You got Alice, you got Fog, you got Irene, and a Traveler. That's not a good combination. I completely agree. But we do get to see the crew all, uh, soaring through the air on the Munjack, heading for Castle Blackspire. Which, interesting that we see it go over those same falls. Right. That originally. Get there. Yeah. That it was going to go over it. I'm like, what? Yeah, the Falls of Infinity <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I was just thinking, so they might have found Castle Blackspire earlier. Or they may have died, you know. Right, either one. Yeah. <laughs> but Alice takes Q off to uh, a cabin, I guess, to talk. And he t she tells him exactly what she's going to do, and I'm going to erase everything. And he says, I still love you, though. And I'm going to remember, and, you know, I'm getting it all confused. Let me rewind. Yeah. Alice yeah. says, I still love you, and you're right. the only person I wanted to tell. And, of course, you know, Q's like, well, yeah, I love you. I'm going to have to remember for both of us. She's like, you're the only person I'm going to be sad about forgetting. Right. And I was like, oh. Yeah. It was so hard. And she's like, this is the only way, too. Because she's saying, like, she'll be super upset remembering Q when he takes up residence in Castle Blackspire. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then they make out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was... And you kind of got the feeling that is, are you actually about to s sacrifice yourself as well, Alice? And that's why you're wanting to tell Q this or? That's what I was thinking, that somehow she was going to, like, take all the the magic potion and, like, the, right. the fairy dust and, like, force them out so that she would forget everything and she was going to be there and then, you know, she would only know the castle and what was, you know, happening at that moment. Right. Right. Oh, that didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> so the gang makes it to Castle Black, Black Spire, and 
It did have a little uh, Mordor uh, feel to it, did it not? It did. <laughs> Obviously, it was all black. There was, like, volcanoes, ash, and lava, it seemed like, everywhere. Yeah. So, of course, Quentin meets Aura in person, and she takes him to where the monster dwells. Yeah. And this was she, interesting because she had to explain. She's like, well, he craves love. And Q's like, yeah, attention. Uh, what kind of love? Yeah. <laughs> a little late now, Q, but you're, you're in. Yeah. But, you know, she has to explain, you know, attention, affection, like he's a child and he doesn't know. Right. And I'm like, okay, so the gods made this monster that they're super terrified of and they made it with a child's intellect. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's bad. That's always very bad. See, creepy children. <laughs> yes. And, of course, the monster in question steps out of the shadows. Yes. Will you play with me? Okay. I didn't need that creepiness. No. Burning yellow eyes, right. and you just go, oh, Q, what have you gotten yourself into? Right. And so Q whips out his deck of cards and gets his attention. Yes, which was a bit surprising. Yes. Because apparently the monster is easily bored. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, a shot fire rings out. You go, no. Right, you knew it was bad. But it was interesting because you see Elliot creeping, and you know he has the gun. You see Alice creeping. Like, I was like, who's going to do what? What's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. And, of course, you know, all right, the monster is dead. He falls back, and then Q is so ticked at Elliot, but you see Aura run over to the monster. Right. And you don't know what's happening next. No, because you see yellow dust coming out of the monster. And I was like, oh, You kind of go, no, this is not going to be good. Nope. And at that point, it's like, okay, you know what? Let's just get these keys and turn the fountain on. Let's do this. Right. And... They all take one, and they put put it in the lock. It's like, great, it's going to happen. And then, no. No. Alice is sitting up. Yeah. Because she's she... shaking her fairy dust. Yeah. And pulls all the keys, in, and everybody's like, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. And this is where I was like, I don't understand if it was a god creation, how even all, like, crazy magic... Alice was able to destroy the keys because she's like, no human should have this much access. They shouldn't have access right. to the magic at all. And everyone's pissed because they're like, just because you don't think you can deal with it? Right. Doesn't mean we can't. Right. And, but she's like holding them back and no, who was it? Penny was trying to get through. Right. But even he got like zapped back from Alice. Yeah. Nobody could get to her because she had just enough fairy dust power to Keep him at bay. Yeah. And that's when the keys all fall, and they weren't exactly, well, they were keys, but not really. Right. It's almost like they were dust. Yeah. And then, hey, and a, what happens next? As everybody is just resigned in defeat, Julius, Julia walks in <laughs> and says, I got this. She restrains Alice with the flick of her hand. And then goes to creating seven keys from her own body. Which was really impressive. Oh, absolutely. Because it's getting harder and harder for her. And, of course, she's screaming and she's 
Like, it's pulling everything out of her. Right. And you have Penny Which rushing to her side, and you think everybody would kind of rush to her side, but I think at this point everyone's like, get the damn keys and get it in the fountain. Right. we got to get it turned on. Yes. But no, Katie did rush over there, too. Did she? Okay. Yes. And they get the keys back in the locks, and ice blue water starts flowing. And this is what kind of got me, because <sighs> the timing, because obviously... You know, everybody's happy, like, oh, great. And we knew they only had, like, 30 seconds before, you know, before anything bad would happen, basically, is how I'm looking at it, if they were going to put the siphon on there. And that's when the siphon ends up there is when the librarian sees it, because suddenly, you know, uh, who is it, Gavin and Irene and Fog. Right. I swear I heard the whole fandom swearing. Oh, absolutely. But, like, they all, all get there, and Irene is super hopped up on, on everything with her fairy yeah. dust. Freezes everybody. She's like, Penny, if you try, I'll kill them all. Yeah. God damn. Really? And then yeah. they put the siphon on. But that's what, when the librarian actually sees it. Now, what I was wondering is, how did they know the timing to get there? Because had, you know, none of that happened with Alice... Would, right. You know, and it was turned on earlier, would it have all just worked? And they would have been fine and they would have never been there. Or, like, well, do you think I Fog think the, had some magic? Like, he kept testing. It's like, okay, they turned it on. we got to go now. That or I think the librarian saw that it was started to flow in the library. Okay. Then she basically said, Gavin, go. Okay. They popped in and slapped the siphon on. Okay, okay. And then Irene was, like, really close to killing our little Scooby gang. Oh, absolutely. And Fog's like, uh, remember the deal? Yeah. Like, what the hell? What is <laughs> happening? And we see that Break Bills is restored to its former glory as classes are being held, except not so much because they're still having issues with their magical reserves. Like brownouts, yeah. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So Fogg pays a visit to the head librarian, which the library is back bustling like crazy again. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he wants more magical juice. Yeah, and she's like, uh, well, we'll review it next quarter. It's like, really? Yeah. And Fogg at least knows her games because he's got all the forms filled out in triplicate and... Everything that she would require, he's already got. Oh, yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he asked to see Alice. Kind of surprised me. Right, because, of course, Alice is being held captive for breaking her deal with the library. Yes. And Alice is not in a good place right now. No. She looks a lot more like uh, the not Alice we saw... (laughs) That was the story we teller. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me wonder if somehow it's all going to be connected. But, you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see. And, of course, she's telling Fog that the monster is not dead and it can jump bodies. And she saw it jump into Aura's body after Elliot shot it. So all the her friends are now living in the real world without magic and bereft of their memories. She's like, they can't save themselves. And Fog's like, don't worry, they're safe. And she's they're like, all safe. Yeah, no, 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 probably not. And no. then we get to see everybody as just regular people. 
Yeah. Which is interesting because you had Josh pick, pick, driving Uber, picking up Margo from the airport, yeah. who is now Janet. So we finally got Janet. Yes, another great nod. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, everybody's different. Katie's, like, dealing drugs. Penny's a DJ. Uh, Q is, like, at a bookstore coffee shop. He's, like, super happy looking, which we haven't seen, so I was kind of happy for him. Right. And, you know, he runs into Elliot, and I was like, oh, cool. Elliot, because he goes, I found you, Q. And he's like, my name's Brian. And he's like, then it got weird, because he's like, show me a card trick. And I thought maybe somehow Elliot was remembering. Right. And then Quentin, no. I thought, was going to tr- be triggered by that. And he's like, uh, yeah, I got to go. And so he walks, and then suddenly Elliot's coming down the alley like a different angle. And I was like, wait a second. What just happened? Yeah, that's not Elliot. No. <laughs> Apparently the monster from Black Spire has gotten to Elliot. Yeah. Oh, crap. He oh, found crap. Elliot first. This is not good. No. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's so much fun out here. We'll extract our revenge. It's like, oh, my God, what just happened? (laughs) And we did uh, forget to mention that we do see Julia. Oh, yeah. She's uh, an architect, actually. an architect, yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder if she's working for Calypso. Yeah. I totally (laughs) forgot that. I skipped that. Sorry. No problem. Oh, my gosh. This was insane. I hope you guys are as excited about everything and irritated and crazy, same as me. (laughs) Right. But we want to know what you think. So shoot us an email on what your thoughts were for the season finale at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Check out the website. Shoot us a Twitter or Facebook message, whatever. We'll answer you. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Uh, we do hope you're enjoying this. And we might have to do a whole recap before the season comes back. Because Absolutely. we need to know. I, I need some book readers to come on and talk about it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, oh, my gosh, for this kind of devastating, makes me mad, everything episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. I can't wait to get started on all the people who really deserve our rack. And until next time. <laughs>